welcome everybody uh this is kanishka i also have sharad sharad say hi hi everybody hi so we back uh back because uh, we did a podcast that you won't find on our channel because we did it on another channel but effectively we are back again talking about politics talking about culture talking about news that's happening in india uh on a daily basis and every week what we want to do is to basically come to you with our thoughts and our views of how those news um articles and news um uh, sources are getting twisted um in 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 a way that it's very it's becoming very difficult to understand so this is our endeavor to get our views out to the world to the universe and to anybody who's listening um last time we figured out that uh, half of estonia is listening um maybe you know uh, yugoslavia this year or this week so um with that we start our podcast today with a very interesting topic that's hit the market really fresh which is the covaxin phase 3 results and that's a that's a huge topic it's been dragging on for about 8 months uh we've had multiple twitter fights and you know live discussion fights on whatsapp about whether to take covaxin or not to take covaxin whether covaxin is junk or whether you should take covaxin because it's the india bred india developed um, atmanirbhar vaccine that you've been longing for if you're a bhakt <laughs> but if you're not then even then you just wanted to basically try out something that was indian and whether you should that's been a debate for the last 8 uh, or 9 months and i think um um a, a very important uh, milestone was crossed uh, day before yesterday when the results came out um so that is what we want to talk to you about sharat and i think i think the good thing about that milestone is that the news came out and a day later you got your second dose right <laughs> yeah i i day before <laughs> a day before okay yeah. yeah so i i was still i was still uh, you know taking the plunge and yeah. believing in the fact that nothing will happen to me um, i mean um uh, that's exactly what we want to talk about what what are the thoughts why did people hesitate so much what was the conversation all about and what was real and what was true and what was fake and what was manufactured and what was you know the truth so effectively this conversation i should help i think uh, should help people understand um uh, the journey of of a uh, you know of a piece of information like covaxin's whole arc over the last 8 months about when it was developed and now that it's basically in the market but there were trust issues and why those trust issues happened and you know what you should do to basically tackle information like this yeah i think i think the biggest problem here is just all the noise around it right like even when you're talking about it right all yeah. the aspects that you spoke about which you see in every conversation every news item every twitter thread is all about is covaxin the first indian vaccine is it atmanirbhar is it like you know whatever like you know did did modi approve it did you know like did somebody else help it along in previous years so all the conversation themes have been about every single thing that should have nothing to do with the vaccine so Correct. whether you take a vaccine or not should not have to do with whether it is made in india whether it is you know uh, like indian atmanirbhar or whatever Correct. the vaccine has to work and 
currently in the present situation when we don't really have the time or the or the luxury to like you know keep testing for many years before releasing a vaccine it's a risk versus reward calculation so correct okay how many people are at risk from the disease versus how many people would be at risk from the vaccine compared to the you know the possible or the the potential benefits of the vaccine and that's what the decision should be made about the problem with covaxin is that at every stage everybody maybe not the company uh, like you know like the owner of the company or whatever but everybody else in this conversation including the government has been adding to the noise around covaxin yeah till what has happened is that the actual science behind it the actual process the credibility or the reputation of the company all of that is lost in that noise to a point where you cannot even like pass through it anymore right so just to like sort of go back to my arc with covaxin right and just for all our listeners to clarify and like I, you know, yeah and i just wanted to basically add to that i think um it would also help sharad because i know that you've done that research is to basically yeah. understand how the mechanism of action um differs from other vaccines in the market because um if i'm not wrong it has um a very different way of treating um um or you know helping your st- helping um inside your uh, um immune system when yeah. compared to other variations of mrna uh, mrna uh, kind of vaccine so uh, from your research from whatever you've re- learned i think it would be also good to cap- encapsulate that yeah yeah so i think first of all just as a disclaimer just to make it clear what this podcast is about and who we are and like what we are like you know qualified to say and not neither of us are experts on vaccines or you know like microbiology yeah. or anything of the sort but at the end of the day it's not that only the experts are, are getting uh, injected with the vaccine right or dealing with the pandemic correct so at the end of the day each and every one of us are dealing with a lot of information information overload a lot of noise on issues where we have to understand enough to make a decision or at least feel good about the decision that is kind of being suggested to us by the government or whoever so that's the idea we are, we are not trying to be the expert because we are not but we are just trying to give you a point of view which is like you know uh, coming from a place similar to where every one of you are coming from where we are also consuming information from the news and like some basic google research so i just wanted to give the disclaimer yeah, up front it's important yeah so my my personal sort of experience with tracking the covaxin thing started like everybody else with the whole controversy when it uh, got launched right like you know and it it got approved right after covishield uh, which was expected because it was the astrazeneca vaccine and serum institute had partnered with them and it was all in the news way before and i knew about it a lot of people knew about it before it got approved yeah but then suddenly you had this add on approval and it had the most ridiculous statement accompanying it i should look it up but it said something like you know uh, it has been approved as an abundant precaution in clinical trial mode in blah 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 something like and that's it like and that is the whole rationale given by the government for approving it mm. and at the same time you had other vaccines like you know uh, pfizer and moderna and india wasn't interested in getting any of those or i don't know maybe they were but it didn't come out 
so the only thing we suddenly heard is that there is covaxin it's not done as many tests or whatever yeah. but there is a very weird statement like and you're all going to get the vaccine so naturally just like everybody else i also got a little uh, outraged and concerned and thought like this is ridiculous but after a point i started doing some research like i saw the uh, saw an interview with uh, i think krishna ella like you know i, I don't know how to uh, say his na- name right like the founder of the company mm. that he explained like uh, you know why they went for like emergency approval and all of that right was so, this the interview that he compared the pricing to the bottle of water i think he did okay. like yeah it was a so if you listen to his interview right he's mm-hmm. definitely not the best communicator out there mm-hmm. he he sounded like this uh like slightly victimized <laughs> like middle aged man okay. sounding like outraged that why are you all questioning me and like putting yeah. a knife to my throat yeah. but a lot of things that he said in spite of the bad communication kind of struck home because he was like say the anchor was trying to uh, keep on asking asking him like you know what is the estimated efficacy like right. i know it's not out yet but can you tell us what is your estimate and he kept saying i cannot tell you that because that's not how science works mm. and i'm not supposed to say that mm. right so somewhere i felt like okay this doesn't sound like a guy who's out to con you and he was talking about their experience with other vaccines like 16 years of deploying different vaccines across the world and all of that right so i started looking it up and turns out bharat biotech is actually a pretty reputed company i yeah. don't have the exact uh, facts at hand but i think it's something like one in three or one in five vaccines uh, administered in africa and many other countries mm. are from uh, this company at least in for a lot of uh, diseases yeah. and these are like well known diseases where in some cases they are the only ones uh, in certain markets providing vaccines providing that Right? and so it's no surprise that we have not heard of them or they're not very as in to our uninitiated ears um, they would seem like surprises because um mm. because we've not been really researching this area for the last uh, 20 30 years as in we've not got up and tried to find out who are these vaccine manufacturers in india and there there might be plenty of them because we were and we are i think one of the leading manufacturers of vaccines in the world so i am not surprised that uh, there will be quite a few of these uh, companies in the in india which uh, exactly you know and for that matter i i don't i don't think anybody in india really knew what adhar punawala and his family did they just knew that he was rich they didn't yeah. really understand that uh, he was the biggest vaccine manufacturer in the world in some ways so in fact the uh, only thing i knew in, the only thing i knew before all of this is that hmm. india is called the pharmacy of the world yeah. i did not know that we are specifically the largest manufacturer of vaccines in the world hmm. neither did i know that serum institute was the biggest manufacturer in the world right. so yeah like you said you know it's it's just that serum institute got a lot of good publicity because they you know we we saw news about how they were uh, you know like already investing money yeah because the oxford before. one was one of the first ones to be basically you know they had already before the um um you know before the phase 3 had happened they had already yeah. produced millions and millions of doses um so uh, from that angle that that was a part of the news uh, cycle and therefore you got to know about it exactly and then suddenly although all of us had heard about this for the first time like you know probably like three weeks before that suddenly everybody felt that they were an expert and bharat biotech who we haven't heard of including yeah. me yeah. is a is a shady company is a shady know, company and, yeah. right? and 
even i felt that because the government is approving it it came yeah. out of nowhere and there's a very shady statement it sounded shady right but actually if you look at it it is not very shady uh, so i think that question that you asked earlier right about how it works uh, so how it works uh, from my layman's understanding is unlike the other major vaccines like the pfizer vaccine or covishield and all of those hmm. uh, so this is a whole virus uh, attenuated uh, like an attenuated virus so hmm. basically it's the actual virus which has been killed by a chemical and it can no longer reproduce or replicate in your body but it is the full virus like you know with all its bits and pieces all intact right uh, except for the fact that it can't replicate hmm. and then it is injected in your body along with uh, adjuvant because since the since the actual virus is dead your in order to make your body mount a immune response there is an added adjuvant uh, which is one more component added to it okay. which will you know make your body react so that's how it works got you now the interesting thing about this is that this is a very old technology so yeah. a a lot of most of our vaccines including rabies i believe are made by the same platform hmm. so it's one of the oldest types of vaccine technologies in the world which consequently means that safety wise it doesn't really have much of a concern there is nothing really new in it except that the virus itself is new but that virus is dead so it can't really harm you so theoretically safety is already you know looking better when yeah. you look at this platform hmm. the reason a lot of other companies did not use this platform is because it is very old and it is very cumbersome to manufacture so because it is the actual virus you need to grow the actual virus so you need a very uh, secure biosafety three or four lab uh, to do it it is difficult to scale up and increase manufacturing when you want it yes. so that's why a lot of other companies started going with new technologies right. which came out first but in theory bharat biotech's choice should be the more conservative safe choice and you know it's something that we have done uh, very often the company has also done it very often yeah so safety at least should not be a problem so, and so when you have an emergency approval yeah. safety is the biggest factor yeah and i think uh, those those are the things that are coming to um, the fore when we are talking about bharat vaccine and any other vaccine for that matter um one is that none of the developed countries i think look, took to this uh, this mechanism or action to create the vaccine they all went the other way which was basically um understanding the rna and trying to create a similar rna and then uh put that as the part of the uh, the vaccine solution yeah um so which has its advantages like you know that's one of the reasons why like say pfizer and moderna have been able to vaccinate so many people like uh, in the us right the yeah. the technology although it is new it's i believe it's easier to like scale up in manufacturing yeah and i've heard um, in, in you know cases i i've heard news about how moderna went and utilized the very um, uh, you know artificial in, uh, intelligence infused production line and discovery line to actually go from research development and production of that first um, uh, solution um in in a matter of days uh though yeah. it took them basically time for it to get approved and everything tested and approved um within the trial system but um, they developed it very quickly and i'm not i'm guessing that um, you know even bharat biotech and 
i think china's uh, two virus um, uh, two vaccines are also based on the yeah, same the principle same. Uh, yeah. and all of them might not have taken a lot of time but effectively just the um, i think for china as well the phase 3 results never came out as in they have they've been delayed over um, over a period of time as well so it was yeah. the same case as in bio vaccine but um, uh, they effectively the mechanism of action was different and therefore i think there was a commonality in the way that they were looking at their phase 3 uh, results not as um, quickly as the other vaccines were doing that so uh, therein lies one big um you know a, a big difference between the vaccines that we com- keep comparing between each other uh, whether this is good or this is bad or this this has the right um, um you know the ingredients to basically help me overcome uh, a, a covid infection so from that yeah. perspective i think that measurement uh, that uh, mechanism of action was very important for um us to understand right at the uh, at the front because if we as as a society as a public we had basically tried to understand that or the communication and transparency into how these uh, vaccines were being developed uh, had had that been stronger i think we would have basically it would have eased our minds um, yeah even in january february when uh, this was becoming an issue and you know globally we had known that uh, Uh, we also have two vaccines and effectively the world is going for vaccination it was december when all of that stuff was happening and i guess at that point of time the communication was not that strong across the board even before that the the problem started way before the approval so if you remember this is the vaccine where uh, the government had a significant uh, like you know hand in co developing it and hmm. I, ICMR, uh, ICMR, the was ICMR part of it. Chief, yeah. right? Yeah. The ICMR chief uh, wrote a memo or an email or something which got leaked uh, and got a lot of news coverage, where he asked <laughs> for the vaccine to be ready and deployed from August fifteenth, which was a yeah, critical. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, like there was no way that you can even do phase one or phase two trials. Mm. Like the only way you can meet that timeline is if you don't do the the actual science behind it. Yeah. Right? So. so that was rightly panned now the government came back and clarified or said that it was just a motivational statement or something i mean that is ridiculous it's like it's like if you're a uh, expert in charge of making cars and you tell somebody that yeah this you know put the car out before you attach the tires and the seat belts or something right so that's where the problem started like so in in my view after i looked into this a little the problem is not bharat biotech so if you look at it they have yeah. pretty much done things by the book yeah maybe their communication was also not that great or something but yeah. you don't really expect them to communicate better than uh, the you know this the and problem as is not they got they, associated with the government and effectively they don't have the responsibility to communicate their ways to the to the public it's not their responsibility at the end of the day exactly so that's what the ceo was saying he said that there is a law there is a clause that allows for application for emergency approval hmm. in a in a emergency situation like this hmm. we applied for it the law allowed for it and we applied for it right so that's all they did now some people have criticized them saying that they shouldn't have done it because apparently his son who was also involved in the company at one point had said that they generally don't like emergency approvals and applying for it hmm. so some people said that they should have waited and been responsible and done it yeah. 
Hmm. Now the problem there is, and this is something I had also not thought of in the beginning. the The problem is that if you're waiting, that means people are dying while waiting for this, right? So you're trying to perfect the data to say that this is exactly seventy eight percent effective, and in the meantime, hundreds or thousands of people will die who could have been saved if you gave them a vaccine which you know is safe. based on past track record based on phase 1 and phase 2 yeah and it would have saved lives so so i think i heard this on amit verma's uh, seen and unseen podcast where there were a few mm. people talking about this and that's the first time i thought about it in this way because initially i thought okay china is hurrying a vaccine to the market russia is hurrying it my first reaction just like everybody else is that uh, it is irresponsible but later i realized that it is it is not it's like people are dying and you're waiting with a vaccine that you know is safe and is at least effective in some manner right maybe it's not uh, maybe it's not even 50% which is who's criteria for approval mm. even if it is 30% effective and if it is safe and it can save more lives then the responsible thing to do is actually to uh, put it out or give people the option to take it so no, the problem is not that the government made it available the problem that... is how they messaged around yeah but i'm saying that 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 thought uh, and i uh, let's hold on to that thought for a while because i think that that goes into the morality of um the morality aspect of basically yeah. rolling out the vaccines at a particular time and schedule and, and we definitely can talk about it at length because of what has happened in april may and june where we've seen countless uh, uh, you know countless numbers of uh, avoidable deaths Yeah. um you know, you know through not only vaccination but other steps that um, uh, the the central government and the state government could have taken to make sure that you know they they had a response going so outside of the morality piece i think i want to come back to the communication issue a little bit and i think yeah. out of the communication issue one one thought that i had that um, maybe we should discuss a little further is that obviously there's the communication has become slave to whether you're uh, with the government or anti government yeah. uh, it is not uh, no longer um, you know none no communication from the government is um, is um, is considered to be a fair and um, uh, matter of fact kind of a, a news or communication strategy because it always feels uh, and they've as in uh, if there is blame they have uh, you know they're responsible for that blame because they've not they've chosen every step of the way to highlight simple uh, actions into historic wins and yeah. when you basically try to do that over and over again uh, it becomes difficult for people who just want news as it is uh, to digest it because they they think there must be something wrong with it and i think that communication strategy is also impacted covid shield uh, sorry um, covaxin a bit because um, you know, even if they did not really do anything wrong about their going around and trying to be you know a safe vaccine the the primary reason of the the, the fact that this news was coming from the government and they were bloating about it uh, for about 2 or 3 months in a way that they had basically changed the world by developing something in this sort and where the government we later found out did not even really have an active hand um they didn't really order 
a lot of the vaccines up ahead so effectively there were no orders that covaxin was looking at from a long term perspective they hadn't really invested a huge amount of money they had basically put in some money but that was not really enough to cover all the expenses to develop this so but they were you know tom toming around the uh, around the globe and also absolutely internally domestically about winning the war on the vaccines with this particular uh, vaccine so it it did not help anybody by that style yeah. of communication because i think uh, people who wanted to take it obviously didn't have access to it because it was not available <laughs> there was a you know production hold up because of the reasons that you were talking about it's not very easy to scale this up uh, and it becomes very difficult but the other thing is that the the constant um, doubting of whether this vaccine works or not or whether this is the vaccine that you should take um when it shouldn't have been an issue at all became an issue because if you say um, like you talked about the mechanism of action and if you think about it safety doesn't have anything to do with it the only thing that could have been a problem could have been efficacy which is basically yeah. you might have to take another shot maybe down the line and two might not be enough maybe that was what uh, the challenge was but the two shots could easily give you some kind of a coverage for uh, you know for you to tide over the next wave or tide over the next cycle that was definitely possible but because i think this uh, communication was so so lopsided and so either you're an anti government um, um, uh, person or a pro government person uh you you tended to basically go with that narrative as that narrative automatically happened uh, without any real reason behind it yeah yeah so there was one more reason for uh so the other reason <laughs> which the government did allude to when they released that weird statement they did yeah. mention it in passing that uh yeah. variants are also a reason for approving it and that is actually fair because because right. this is a, a whole virus so yeah. what how it works is that all the other vaccines like pfizer and moderna or even the the covishield vaccine yeah. they're all targeting the spike protein which is the mm. most prominent feature mm. now when the virus is mutating the spike protein will mutate and so and i mean a lot of things mutate but if you're showing your body's immune system the entire virus it is uh, mounting a much broader immune response so it's like it's the equivalent of showing you uh, a 3d image of a of a person fully and yeah. then saying watch out for this person versus you know they have a very prominent nose like so be laser focused on that nose right now if that nose changes it becomes harder to identify that person hmm. if you have the whole image in your mind then it is easier to identify that person right? yeah that's a great point yeah so very crudely put this type of technology should in theory work better for variants now yeah. whether it is we'll have to wait and see but that reasoning was also fair so like yes. you said right if you're looking ahead at the uh, waves or the future some parts of what the government did was right the problem was like you said you they didn't even order enough doses in advance i yeah. believe like you know uh, i don't know exactly for covaxin but we definitely are going through a ramp up phase now which should have happened like 3 or 6 months before okay. so if they were so nationalistic about an indian vaccine the right thing to do would have been give them a lot of money and manufacture a lot more like you know scale yes. up in every way possible but not abuse everybody who asked the question and call them anti national 
and that and that is where i think uh, another topic uh, comes to mind is that uh, i think a lot of it has has been what i call the wait and watch kind of syndrome that um, that hit us actually around december so mm-hmm. when we saw our first spike and it became really bad after our first lockdown so you know peak numbers in october november um and then december as well to some extent and then it started going down and we we felt across india there was basically a kind of a plateauing of the number and plateauing of the cases yeah. and at that point of time there was basically uh, i think around diwali the numbers had spiked horribly and there was these small little lockdowns that had happened in december out of which uh, came out uh, when we came into january there was a general feeling around uh, around the country that um you know uh, it was not as severe as we were thinking it to be uh, so much so i guess conversations started happening about the quality of our immunity of having uh, you know bad pani puri all our life and effectively <laughs> that had given immunity uh, that had given us immunity against uh, the most dangerous of viruses in the world i'm i'm obviously making it making it uh, very light but in some ways um, you know i'm right about echoing what people were feeling at that point of time and i think the government also took that um, uh, and they had that you know they had a beautiful opportunity in front of them because this uh, slid into their um, you know uh, campaign idea about how we had managed to really destroy uh, coronavirus just by lockdown and measures yeah. of uh, lockdown and we didn't really need a vaccine so right at that point of time i think they had to make a decision about investing in the vaccine as well on both counts and if needed we had to basically get out and order uh, new vaccines from uh, across the world as well you would remember that that's exactly the time that we also said no to pfizer Yeah. um and did not give them uh, you know when they came seeking approval we basically said hold on we are not really re- interested right now said something of that sort in some ways that was our wait and wait and watch syndrome and then when we when that happened i fe- i feel that we did uh, obviously we you know we faced the brunt of it it came back hit us um, you know the worst hit us the worst uh, outside of you know may, many other countries i think india was the worst hit um, by coronavirus this year uh, but with covaxin there was also another wait and watch syndrome that came came through when the vaccinations opened up their people wanted to see how covaxin worked because they didn't really have enough information about it and yeah. without that information they wanted to see how many people were actually taking covaxin what was happening with them where they getting any kind of uh, uh, resistance where they not getting covid or where they dying of covid after getting vaccinated so they wanted so every time somebody would basically you know in in a family they would say that my you know my parents have got covid they're in hospital they're really struggling somebody would ask okay so what what vaccine did they take have they been vaccinated so yeah yeah they've been they've they've taken both doses or they've taken only one dose and you would yeah. instinctively ask uh, you know what what is it so <laughs> you know so the, because you want to understand what's the difference what is the better one and then the other thing that you would ask is that uh, you know uh, do you take covid shield oh you're going to get side effects if you've taken covaxin i don't even know whether it works because there are no side effects <laughs> so i think those are those were things of um 
importance for us to communicate we still don't commu- as in throughout india we've not really communicated side effects um you know well because the government and different agencies are not really actively talking about the fact that the uh, you know the side effects are lower or higher because of the following reasons and uh, they might be able to basically decipher some reasons i'm i'm sure that they might not be able to decipher all the reasons but at least give out a fair warning talk about it talk about the fact that the difference in side effect does not mean anything it doesn't mean which vaccine you should take so i i feel that wait and watch syndromes right from us ordering vaccines to even now when we are waiting for more data and trying to basically get people vaccinated um it's still playing in our mind um uh, at some point yeah and wait and watch and the other problem is that like you know the how do you sort of ask for people's trust now mm. in every country we have had the emergency approval of vaccines right so in a way an emergency approval is a uh, a question of trust you're trusting in the regulator or something uh, in a unprecedented situation so yeah okay the phase 1 and phase 2 and the regulators or the government sort of judgment that the risk reward calculation kind of favors releasing this vaccine so that's what people are ending up trusting right so now yeah. how do you exactly ask for that trust so in countries like the us you have the fda which at the end of the day still has a very strong reputation as a you know as a guardian for this kind of thing so yeah. people are not really thinking that donald trump will tell me if the vaccine is safe or not i'm sure there yeah. were some people who did but but broadly it's the institution or that regulatory framework Correct. that is asking for trust here there are people who trusted covaxin like from the start but do that's more like you know modi took covaxin so i'll trust it True. or you know i say mars said it will be ready by august 15 for independence day yeah. <laughs> so so that's how we are even talking about it so we are not talking science we are talking yeah i mean modi will take it icmr will get it ready or if somebody asks a question or criticizes it the government when they're defending uh, their choice even if they have good reasons to justify instead they say that oh they are uh, blaming it because they're blaming us because it is a made in india vaccine yeah like you said right that's the immediate response so why even go to that talk about the vaccines uh, technology talk about the company's track record there are so many things to talk about when you're justifying that decision the last thing you should be saying is oh yeah you're all just criticizing us because you're anti government or anti india the second you say that you've already lost that argument with a significant portion of the population because not everybody is you know just ready to buy into the story because the government of modi said it right yeah and you the uh, it's also uh, maybe in hindsight you could talk about this um, because you have a choice at the end of the day um yeah. you have a choice of uh, two vaccines now you have a choice at the one point in time you didn't even really have a choice but the fact is that if um as in nobody cares of uh, when you talk about polio vaccination or any other mm-hmm. vaccinations uh we've not really uh, ever driven by brand names of the vaccine uh because yeah. one there is no cost difference uh, second there is no company at the end of the day it's basically a government run program and you get vaccinated uh it's as simple as that 
you don't really go and you know you might go into an hospital and also get those vaccines done on your own but you're not choosing vaccines uh, you're effectively just getting it done for the disease that you're talking about in this case i think because of the fact that this is such a novel time in our lives and in the life of 100 years of our existence uh, we've not really seen something that has uh, affected everybody uh, in yeah. the world um all of these things are very new problems and that we've not, never really tried to solve it but if it would have been a better situation if if we didn't really know what brand the vaccines were and because it didn't really matter because once um, a vaccine has been approved by a particular government uh, they should be able to basically completely hide that name and say vaccine a vaccine b and and that's about it and uh, yeah, I think, if, if you didn't have that choice then i think it wouldn't have basically mattered to you you would have gotten into the vaccination uh, much earlier because now you're uh, you know everybody who doesn't know anything about including us to the degree that we've never really seen a clinical trial happen or never seen how a safety procedure or a efficacy procedure is done over a period of 4 years 5 years sometimes in the r&d cycle are commenting on it because we at the end of the day we are thinking about it because we are we are involved we are uh, the aggrieved party here but we've also been given too much information about all of these things um i don't know if that too much information has really helped us take a decision or move away from a decision in some ways in fact i was reading this uh, just this morning i don't uh, i'll have to look it up to like you know quote who said it or where mm-hmm. it was said but apparently this is very well known that when the amount of information available increases beyond a certain point yeah. decision making actually becomes poorer yeah you become so, almost like paralyzed so you become paralyzed yeah. yeah so the article i was reading gave this example of you're going to buy mangoes now mm. you're going to choose between a few variants of mangoes yeah. now if you start researching mangoes and different variants and how they're grown and all yeah. most likely you'll either not buy a mango or you'll yeah. you'll think i'll buy an apple <laughs> yeah i have a i have a equally good example to take uh it's called the watch list on my streaming channel <laughs> it's yeah. just full of things that i don't want to watch right now but i want to come back to it at the at the end of the day it's a paradox of choice and it sometimes uh, you might you know too much data um leads to analysis paralysis so effectively you just, just stop thinking uh, I, I, i'm saying this because out of general concern i'm not saying that too much uh, information is bad i'm yeah. yeah what i'm saying is exactly what you said that at one point of time you have to basically let go and effectively it's a vaccine at the end of the day and you were waiting for this before december everybody was praying that we get it go <laughs> and then post december everybody is praying that you know give me an answer about which vaccine is the best one otherwise i'm not yeah. going to take it but otherwise i'll wait yeah but we didn't really know what a good vaccine was before that did we as in we we no, just we went don't. for a vaccination that was approved <laughs> at the end of the day so yeah, yeah so i think i think that it, it's obviously a factor of communication and how ha- communication has has been done and communication to the tune that you know if if this government had not been boasting its way through i think a lot of people would have believed uh, you know in a matter of fact way that uh, it's important for us to take vaccines and then let's get it done as soon as possible but it every conversation every piece became almost like a debating point 
across multiple yeah. uh, uh, outlets which only did more harm than any kind of benefit for you to basically think about vaccination sorry i know this is completely off the topic of vaccine but i just wanted to go back to what you said about like netflix or all uh, the watch lists right that yeah. is actually something that i've thought about a lot it's like i think people joke about it all the time right like you yeah. keep scrolling through different movies that you want to watch and you end up not watching anything because you can't decide what to watch yeah. and in fact i i was just thinking when you said this maybe that's why we prefer the series so much right at least yeah. for me i like watching a series because you know it takes that choice out like i see one episode if i like it i start binge watching several seasons of it yeah. and then i'm happy for a few weeks correct if it's a movie there are tons of nice movies i yeah. do not watch a single movie because i can't decide which one to watch yeah <laughs> and you know uh, again we are digressing but effectively short digressing uh, digress yeah. is that the time matters sometimes i look at a movie and say it's it says 1 hour 45 minutes and i chuck it mm. but the series also sometimes basically if you watch two episodes goes beyond 1 hour 45 minutes for yeah. sure but psychologically you are not basically you know a movie looks much longer bigger time is investment uh, yeah. than a series which you want to get through and sometimes i feel not even a series i go back to some frivolous um easy flowing 20 minute youtube video after selecting a couple of pieces on the watch list so it's fact, again i would i would sometimes watch the walking dead which used huh. to be really good in the first couple of seasons now it's so brainless yeah. but that's the reason i was watching it because exactly. i don't need that brainless <laughs> yeah that that numbness that the fact that you can be on a phone and you can also basically yeah. consume something i think has a has a interesting way of basically yeah inviting you to see more not a very tangential topic if you think about it because it comes back to so what do you do like i think like you said right is, does it does it mean that we are unhappy that there are more choices no but probably there should be better systems to deal with this you know this whole explosion of choice right like i know that in netflix you get a i think in netflix or prime mm. like in netflix there is an option uh like i don't know show me something or i'm feeling lucky or something like that in the menu yeah and yeah, it just picks uh, that was google we are seeing yeah google search had it yeah, but now it. i think it's there in netflix okay now the problem is that i never do that on netflix because sometime back netflix would show you the like the rating of a certain show or an episode yeah, or, or a movie yeah they stopped doing that yeah they stopped it since they stopped it i've lost trust in their recommendations exactly because, yeah, yeah, right? yeah yeah absolutely so it comes back to okay so they did one thing which helps deal with the amount of information but yeah. then they lost trust so then i don't trust them to make the choice for me which kind of in a way has a it's counterintuitive actually if you think about it the choice uh, the recommendation piece is counterintuitive to helping me decide on what i want to watch because i might be driven as in their their thing might be that you know let me give you things that might not be highly rated but you might like it that that's the thought behind it uh but in effect uh, sometimes when you don't know um uh, you know the 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 rating uh, you don't really trust it and okay. there are chances there are there are times when i watch something that's 66% relevant to me or recommended to me and i liked it because you know netflix doesn't really know me till i see that 
and yeah, i don't like, even understand like, what the 66% yeah. relevant means does that like it's what is 66% i think it it just tells you that in in a on a scale of 1 to 100 how many of your attributes that you've shown by watching stuff on my site match this genre or this uh, type of a uh, you know content so that that's I, the match rate in my head is that if, if there's no action in it if there's no thriller in it and if there's no romance in it then maybe that's mm-hmm. only 45% or 50% of your interest rate so don't go for it go for something that you've watched and before so But in a way our, yeah, our confirmation vaccine... bias again and again it's basically only telling you what you like <laughs> it's it's the opposite of any kind of personalization i feel because it just tells you what you know uh so, it, you know it never lets you experiment and go beyond what you don't know maybe netflix sorted it out in some ways they would have also looked at this uh, and try to change the algorithm to include something of that sort i'm sure um uh, and i don't know whether that result works or not because nobody asked me from netflix they should call me once and ask me whether it's I watching think, or not i think if i remember it correctly the reason they took it away was not really because they improved the algorithm they were making mm-hmm. a lot of netflix originals which were bombing because the reviews are bad maybe and then they took it uh, away oh maybe it, at maybe. least for me it has you know done the opposite of making me like it didn't make me watch more netflix originals now i yeah. don't trust any netflix yeah. whereas an imdb rating which is shown in prime makes me want to watch the uh, movie or the show so, so just but, coming back to vaccines right in yeah. a way our vaccine drive is kind of like the netflix i'm feeling lucky right <laughs> with a shady 66% relevant for you like covaxin mm. or covishield government will tell you i can't understand what it means and i just don't have a choice either so either you have to have something credible that which then makes you believe that okay the government's choice is something i can trust or you should have limited choices like the old days of you know non satellite tv and uh, you know i don't know polio vaccine <laughs> yeah true true and also because netflix is largely as in the content that you watch netflix is foreign most of the times uh i think anti-vaccine <laughs> no no i think another angle that i think covaxin deals with on a regular basis is travel because it's not getting approved because it's not basically getting you approved to go outside of india i think that's also a factor within the um, highly mobile educated people because i'll tell you one thing people are waiting mm. to basically explode and travel once this is over and the vaccine yeah. that they take will have to basically decide somehow uh, you know where they land up though i strictly feel that's not going to be a challenge uh, it will open up or you will find a way to basically take maybe another booster shot or show that nothing's happened and all that stuff but uh, it will get sorted but it's that that also has played its part for now uh, a lot of people who are little you know pra- pragmatic and you know really objective about their thinking will not care because life is more important than traveling to the us uh, yeah. but effectively uh, there, there is a hint somewhere about the fact of why there was you know uh, there's a there was a travel uh, rider attached to covaxin um, like um, no other vaccine so that has also played out its uh, its part i think in in a lot of people thinking twice about whether to take covaxin or not yeah and uh... you know just to just to clarify for listeners right now as we are recording this the phase 3 results have been released but 
it's not been peer reviewed yet like so yeah. they've they've done a preprint which means that it is available for anybody to read and comment so the idea is that now the other scientists and experts in the field will go through their results see if the conclusions that they have made are kind of valid or like even their own data like backs up the conclusions that have been made because sometimes the data will say one thing and then the the final conclusion can say something which is not really fair based on that data true so all that dissection will happen now but i think given the company's track record plus the fact that i don't think they're going to win in this in any way they they're being shady with the data right yeah. so I and think i think the, the peer review will come out the phase 3 results are pretty good um compared to other ones and uh when we talk about severe disease which is the which is the fo- form of you know uh, uh, the the actual uh definition of the scare that we've had from covid over the last 2 3 months has been that severity of the disease and what it basically means as and as 93% effectiveness from that uh, really helps you understand that covaxin is pretty good and will give you some kind of coverage and they have coverage of uh, new variants as well so from that angle it's it's very good news obviously we'll have to wait for peer reviews to stream in and for people to basically take a deep good look at the data that they've released and try to find out uh, whether everything adds up or not we have to wait for peer review by the scientists and then we have yeah. to wait for super peer review on youtube comments and twitter <laughs> where a lot of uninformed people yeah i only read you know. youtube comments that's the best <laughs> those are the best as in i have never yeah. met somebody who comments on youtube i think it's like uh, one of those g- groups of people uh, that you keep uh, you know trying to discover uh, yeah. by asking who writes jokes because you get jokes but you never meet people who write jokes so you know the youtube super commenters or commenters are that variety uh, who writes them i don't know so prashant bhushan uh, uh, respected civil rights advocate and you know oh, that's uh, a, yeah yeah that's a whole other topic for sure i think that's a podcast but, in itself yeah but prashant bhushan recently was spreading vaccine hesitancy and he said if don't believe anthony fauci from the us mm. uh, who claims to be an expert if you want to know how uh, mistrusted he is in the us please read the youtube the comments <laughs> below his his youtube videos he literally yeah. said that like perfect it makes YouTube sense comment. it makes <laughs> sense must be true that that's what the pandemic has brought us to you know like lawyers will tell you to read youtube comments to right. know if the uh, vaccine authority is correct or not <laughs> but yeah great so uh, so where do time we check. Uh, like yeah yeah i want time check i think, I think one one minutes. last uh, point before we close this and i think uh, we discussed multiple points that has led to hesitancy and then confusion and uh, and pieces like that but i in somewhere i was also thinking that you know was any of this avoidable um was any of this not slated to happen had it happened differently as and would you have thought that this would have happened differently i feel that maybe maybe may but maybe not because i think till we think of ourselves as you know people who produce quality and you know produce something that is basically impeccable or the institution piece that you talked about of really mm-hmm. looking at the institution and saying that whatever goes through that in- institution is going to be absolutely 100% correct so if we had known of our equivalent of a cdc or a you know fda or a 
in this case basically um also the kind of trust that we've had over the last one year on who i feel that we would have been in a different situation only if those things had worked out because let's face it every issue and every situation has a covaxin uh, kind of a player that that shows promise is doubted and then falls away sometimes when there's no pandemic uh, because you know you can't really sustain the negativity here you can yeah. sustain the negativity because there was an imminent need in the market you couldn't do away with it you couldn't basically shelve it and start afresh because you didn't really have time so you had to do whatever you had to to take up that but this kind of a you know cycle i think happens in every issue sometimes um and there are some you know um players that get that really get affected by this kind of a cycle every time we get into an issue uh i feel that happens uh, and so from that angle when i was thinking was any of this like out of all of these things that we outlined had they happened differently or had they happened better was this avoidable i i really doubt it i think uh, it would have really it we would have we would have still had uh, or we would have still manufactured reasons for this to happen to either covishield or covaxin or any other vaccine that would have been developed during this time yeah that's a that's a fair point for sure i mean there is a there is a covaxin in every topic yeah <laughs> for sure exactly that's that, yeah. that's i so in my, my in my head i think it, it just points to us uh, strengthening our institutions in a way that uh, you know obviously easier said than done and uh, it's it's miles to go before we even get an iota of transparency in our uh, atmosphere back because i think we had some kind of you know trust factors and transparencies with uh, institutions and that have that has been completely rocked um and broken in most of cases across the last 4 5 years and i feel if that doesn't really come back it will be very difficult for you to basically uh trust systems again and um you know get back to a place where uh, if somebody says something is good then you agree that this is good because the institution is saying so otherwise it's only going to be you know whether modi took co vaccine or covid shield and then we'll go from there yeah yeah so to to add on to that on a on a more practical note for our listeners so now i mean like we said institutions and uh, you know things like that are not going to change overnight yeah what can we do as like normal everyday people who have to deal with these kind of things yeah one i think do not try to be an expert in every field of quest i mean this is a very very controversial or like you know very questionable statement to make mm. now on one hand there are experts who are like you know can con you or like are saying like trust me blindly we are not yeah. recommending that but at the end of the day you should not get on a plane and then question if the pilot is you know uh, qualified to fly and maybe you should do it yeah. because yeah. you saw a youtube video right Yeah. So our our job is to be informed that we should not question we should question like if you're questioning experts in a field where you don't have expertise in you should question it in the right way by looking at other experts and seeing if how does that add up and we do do this uh, on an everyday basis like say, yeah. for example if you go to a doctor and they give you a diagnosis which uh, and something about the manner of the doctor made you feel a little worried about his credibility you'll go and get a second opinion or maybe yes. you'll get a third opinion right so that's the way to do it the the answer is not to go to one doctor 
and think okay i'm not sure of some parts so i'll just go to a homeopath or you know i'll i'll do water therapy right the yes. answer is to look to others and try to parse through it that's the best we can do in a world where there is too much information and you know too many areas of expertise for one person to process yeah and actively you know uh, like you know somebody said a couple of days back i was going through a podcast or just an interview and somebody outlined a beautiful story the end of the story and we can come back to that story later sometimes but the end of the story is that it's not uh, whether i knew or not it's what i could have found or known if i tried to so the information is all there it's up to us for us to basically go out and read more and understand different perspectives and when you start doing that you yourself will try and find out the best sources for yourself so i feel you know given the atmosphere that we are in given the fact that you know our mainstream news has got completely corrupted in a way that it's not you know it's not even funny i think it's time for people to basically invest in trying to know more than what they basically get as free information and if we do that i think it will be much better for us to basically take informed decisions which is incidentally where we come into that is yeah. the idea behind this podcast so think of us as your primary care physician for you know sorting through fake news and information overload we can't promise that we'll get through everything or know everything but at the very least we can we can help parse through some of the most trending and you know recent topics and then try to get to the truth of it from a layman's perspective because you know you don't want another expert to tell you about other experts at least in this context absolutely <laughs> and with that shameless plug we say yeah. bye <laughs> um and till next time mm-hmm.